good enough, and you are too. This quote comes from my guest today, Natalie Glasser. We're going to hear from her pretty shortly. Friend, do you ever struggle with that yourself? I know I have. In some situations, I feel like I need to be quiet and I can't use my voice. I've had self-doubt. Even in starting this podcast, I thought, what do I have to share? And then I had had a voice inside of me. It was like a critic that said, who do you think you are? But I've come to believe that I am good enough. And I certainly know you are good enough, too. This is the Move Your Heart podcast, and I'm Val Brown. And as I said, I have a very special guest today. Her name is Natalie Glasser. Natalie Glasser lives in Indiana with her husband, Ben, and two sons. She attended the Indiana University of Pennsylvania, where she graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Accounting. She worked at S&T Bank for 22 years in various management roles. After her diagnosis with breast cancer, she attended the Institute for Life Coach Training and now works at Natalie's Inviting Balance as a life coach and writer. She has published two books, Don't Call Me Brave, I Was Not Alone, and How I Feel Brave. She is the host of the podcast, Chat with Nat. She is a leader of Courage and Cancer, a local support group for those living with cancer. Natalie is passionate about helping others work towards their God-given dreams and live a life full of extraordinary moments. So I want to welcome you, Nat, to the show today. Well, thanks for having me, Val. I am so glad you're here. <laughs> you know, when I asked for your bio and I read the um, the last line there, that really, really jumped out at me. The part that says that you are passionate about helping others work toward their God-given dreams and live a life full of extraordinary moments. I, I don't know about my listeners or even you, but sometimes it's not the extraordinary note moments that catch my attention but it's the moments <laughs> what about you uh, no, yeah no for sure that's definitely what catches my eye I was it was really hard to sit and listen to you read that whole oh. thing um because I would I've been my whole life so um goal oriented oh. and goal driven yeah, yeah. and so I mean that's a list that's a really nice list and and mm-hmm. I'm giving God the credit for that but like to me, that last sentence, <laughs> I would have been okay if you'd have read that last sentence <laughs> because, um, that's really, you know, I, I spent so much time striving to be better, better, better. And so that, that sentence just brings it down to me. Like Natalie, you don't have to, to perform. It's just be who you are right at this moment. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and, and then if you're a goal driven person or for me, if I keep my eyes on my situation, I miss all those extraordinary moments that I could enjoy. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just have learned and, and believe me, it's like a muscle. You have to practice, mm. practice, practice, just learn to anytime there's a struggle, say, thank you, God. I don't know why this is happening, but thank you. Show me what I need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you better at uh, recognizing extraordinary moments in your life? <laughs> yes, and I probably shouldn't even share this, but this morning I woke up 
and the dog was barking and I was so irritated. I was like, why are you barking? <laughs> you know, um, it was so early in the morning. I go down mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, thank you, God. I don't know why the dog is trying to get my attention. And he had had an accident in his cage. Oh. And so I was like, okay, God, what can I learn from this? And, and I think the lesson is that I put myself first. Like I want to sleep in. Ah. And the lesson is, hey, somebody needed you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you weren't, and you weren't acknowledging them. So just that little lesson this morning, and I didn't want to clean up the cage and wash the sheets and do all of that from the cage, but, but it was a lesson and it always is like, what can I glean from that? Yeah, that's that's really a good lesson. And, and I, I find that I'm more selfish with my time. I mean, I want to be able to have my structure yep. like this is my time to to read and to journal and then when I'm interrupted and I'm just irritated yes. or if I'm in the middle of sending an email or I'm in the middle of a search for something online and I'm interrupted I'm irritated <laughs> and I think wow what does that speak about me so I'm a work in progress there for sure how about you yeah no for sure uh, always always yeah always. <laughs> yeah yeah, but uh, speaking about extraordinary moments, did you get to see the rainbow that was about a week or week and a no, half ago? No, but I saw the one you posted. I saw the sky, and it was beautiful pink sky, and mm. I just knew something. I, I didn't know there was a rainbow until later yeah. when I saw that you had posted it, but it was beautiful. Yeah. Do you notice sunrises and sunsets Always. as a rule? Do you? Yeah. Wow. I catch the sunsets because it's right out our main window, uh, normally about that time. Yeah. My husband and I are, are eating our food from the recliner, and he has the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm not so much of a TV uh, watcher, that's my time to notice the sunset, so I miss the sunrises a lot. Oh, yeah, I, I get up early, usually I do too. five or six, and so the sunrise is coming right through some houses <sighs> and some trees, so yeah. Yeah, mine it would be... Um, in a different part I'd have to be watching deliberately (laughs) for it but I should start doing that because they're pretty too (laughs) they're fun too yeah yeah they sure are well let's learn a little bit about you a little bit about your history where did you grow up and what was your family of origin okay so I lived in Clarksburg PA Hmm. so that's about what 20 minutes from Indiana Mm -hmm. so I grew up there my whole life went to Apollo Ridge which I had a 45-minute bus ride. Can you believe that? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. First one on, last one off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so I, I grew up in the church. Um, always, you know, it was a small Presbyterian church. We just, you know, most of my family went there. So, like, my mom's sisters and brothers, and so everybody had a part in the church. So oh, okay. if you were a member of that family, you were doing something at the church. So okay. I grew up there. Okay. Does that mean you knew Jesus? Um, yes and no. I knew about him. Okay. I knew, so I knew the stories. Um, I don't know that, it, and I, I'm going to say, I probably didn't have a personal relationship with him when I was younger. Okay. Okay. Um, what about the rest of your family? Were your parents believers, for example? Did you have some role models in that church? Oh, yeah, sure. So my mom went to church every Sunday. She never missed. She was Sunday school teacher. She she was active in in the church. My father went Christmas and Easter. Okay. (laughs) Um, And my my Aunt Dee Dee, I would say, would probably be my biggest role model, Mm. who was my mom's sister-in-law. But she she had that... um, something about her I want to say there mm. was something about her <laughs> sure that you, that you that you always wanted to be around her and she mm. was very giving and selfless and just always serving 
Okay. So she was a role model for you. Sure. Okay. All right. And then what about um, growing up? Your statement, I am good enough and you are good enough too, leads me to believe that somewhere along the line you believed you weren't good enough. Oh my gosh, yes. When did that, <laughs> when did you get that feeling? Um, I think it, you know, oh, that's a good question. I don't know exact the exact moment it happened. It, it happened over time. And I think probably a lot of people have the same kind of experiences. I've, like, I felt okay when I was younger. I was the youngest grandchild of probably 30, 40 grandchildren. Wow. And so I was spoiled, mm-hmm. um, but not always having a voice because mm-hmm. there were so many people around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always felt good enough then. And it's just when you get into the junior high age that I think that I started losing all of my confidence and in my, I just, just didn't feel good enough. I would say that statement for junior high through high school. And then it kind of just grew and grew. Okay. Did you know who you were like uh, as a person? Because I know for me, Mm -hmm. I didn't have my identity and I kind of just was the chameleon, but the quiet chameleon. And I didn't really have anything to bring forth I didn't feel like I did anyway I'm sure I could have but I didn't were you one to be expressive about what you like what you don't like did um, that's a great question I think that I was maybe a little bit opposite I wasn't quiet okay I was you know a majorette I was on the yearbook committee I was very driven even back then I guess mm-hmm. but I was whoever I needed to be for whoever was in the room. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So whenever you said that you, you were driven, even mm-hmm. at that young age, so that became an identity for you. Did that make you feel that you were good enough when you yes. were meeting your goals? Yes, when I was performing. Talk to me about that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just... I strive for A's. I strive for um, kudos from teachers. It mm-hmm. just felt good. I got a, you know, it's like when you get a message on your mm-hmm. phone, like you get a, a rush. Sure. <laughs> so I was getting that constantly. And so when I went into the workforce, you know, the reviews, I that was, I loved review time. Uh, I wanted you to tell me what I was doing right. And if I was doing something wrong, I was going to do whatever it took to correct that. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So was there some areas of your life where that was harmful or not as healthy for you (laughs) probably all areas okay what did that look like in relationships so that so for my husband it it was a real struggle because I was always trying to please him in a good way like you know when you first get married you want Mm -hmm. you know it's a fairy tale that they they tell you you're gonna have and it's so hard yeah but um I I think what I started to do was to please him for for good reasons right Mm -hmm. and then I I lost my voice on even what I wanted because I was so, trying so mm-hmm. hard to please him that I that I lost who I was supposed to be in that. And same with work, you know. I was just trying to do what was going to get me that good review mm-hmm. and not, like, thinking about my values or, or anything. And so I think in every area it became dangerous. Okay, okay. Um, like you said, those close relationships sometimes are where it shows up and it mm-hmm. gets to be a little bit emotional. What kind of emotions rise up within you when you feel like you're not good enough or the person's not reacting the way you thought they should react um, and validate you? 
I think I tend to shut down at that oh, point okay. or run away. When I say run away, I would divert my attention, to, mm-hmm. you know, so I didn't have to think about feeling that way. I would focus on something else um, because I'm a, I'm genuinely a positive person, so I can take something negative and make it positive. So I would just, which, which can be dangerous because mm-hmm. I wasn't acknowledging pain. I was just pushing it away. Yeah, boy, <laughs> that... Uh tends to be how the host of this podcast is. (laughs) So in my episodes, you'll hear a lot of me talking about acknowledging our emotions because I just feel like that is huge. It is. It it really is. Um, I... I want to bring in your book at this point because I want to talk a little bit about it. Okay. So the the book that I have is the Don't Call Me Brave, I Was Not Alone. And I have read this twice now. The first time I read it, it was about a year ago, and it's because I had just met you, and I really wanted to know who who is Natalie. And uh, and so I got a, an impression of who you are, but somehow I missed the inside of you. And so when I read it the second time, that that person I really wanted to know I saw you I saw you in there and it's like oh my goodness Nat I can identify so much and I thought you are somebody I want to introduce to my listeners because I know my listeners struggle with these things too I'm going to read the back of the book because I think this is going to be insightful it says Natalie is a former people pleaser she spent almost 40 years of her life worrying about what everyone else thought. She made her work number one priority. She never thought she was good enough. She always thought someone looked nicer than her. She always thought someone did it better than her. She thought nobody liked her. So in turn, she never really liked herself. She felt heavy. Then, one day something started to change her. With her breast cancer diagnosis, she started to look at things differently. She stopped caring what others thought of her. She fell in love with her husband again. She enjoyed spending more time with her kids. She looked in the mirror and, for the first time, actually liked what she saw. Something was finally alive inside of her, and with the help from above, she found her voice and the weight was lifted. So I'm definitely hearing the the not good enough here, but what pops out at me now is the part that you never liked yourself. But, but look, even in school, my gosh, you were a majorette. You must have had a lot of people who liked you. You were probably in a clique. And um, it's so funny that you say that because yeah. I was not in a clique. No, I was. Um, no, this is one of my, I would say, trauma stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> in my head, it really wasn't. But you know how you turn oh, things in your head. So um, I was picked selected for homecoming court and you know that is something that probably most girls you know would would kill Mm -hmm. to to have and Mm -hmm. when I heard my name I was like this mistake right um and so anyway all of the girls decided they were going to go out to dinner and they arranged this dinner but they somehow I got missed and so the whole court went to dinner without me including my escort and so it was a huge it was a huge um I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. For I carried that for many, many, many years, just feeling left out. And I actually won homecoming that mm. year, and it was so embarrassing. Mm. 
um, <laughs> looking back, like I'm sure that it was not intentional that I was left out. I'm sure somebody else thought that I had been invited, but it was just um, that feeling of not feeling good enough and then a, like a, conf a confirmation of being left out of something. Mm -hmm. And so then I always felt like I had won that, like it was a pity vote because everybody felt mm. sorry for me then because when they heard that I wasn't invited... And I was like, I always won that title because everybody felt sorry for me. Oh, wow. Wow. The, the narrative we make in our minds. Right, uh, right. Wow. Wow. Well, you said that um, with your breast cancer diagnosis, you started to look at things differently. L let's talk about that, that time period of your life. If you want to talk about how it came to be that you discovered it and just take us through the journey, whatever way your mind leads you. Okay, so... <clears throat> I just wasn't feeling good. Um, I, I'm just going to say physically not feeling good for a while, and I just knew something wasn't right. And so I had found the lump myself when I was just getting a bath one night. And and when I got, I went and got all of the testing done. <clears throat> excuse me. And when they when they told me that they named what it was, breast cancer, I was relieved because I just mm -hmm. knew something was wrong. And so I just was glad to put a name to it. And mm -hmm. it's like okay. What's the checklist we need to do to, to get through this? Because, again, I'm goal-oriented, so let's just move through it. <laughs> yeah. But what I discovered is, like, I had this, this piece about it most of the time. And I know now that that piece wasn't for me. It was, that was God giving me that piece. But it, at the time, everyone around me was falling apart, you mm -hmm. know. My family, my friends, my husband, they didn't, they didn't know how to handle that diagnosis. So that was a real challenge for me because that was the first time I really realized that people cared about me. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. And you come from a big family. I do. And I'm sure that they showed you love. They did. Was it that you just never completely received it unless you were performing and earned it? Correct. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Why was it different whenever you had your diagnosis? Well, because you have that, um, I don't know how to describe it. So it's like the clock is going to be, it's ticking, and mm -hmm. you don't know how much longer you have with a, with a cancer diagnosis, right? So it's like, all right, so let's make every moment count now. Wow. And so you'd start to look at things a little different. I, and, I, and I'll say it today, that was the best gift that I ever had was the cancer, is because it just had changed the way I looked at things. Mm. Um, you just don't take things as granted for granted mm -hmm. as much when you when you're faced with hey you just might not make it hmm. do you think you stopped nitpicking yes. yourself yes absolutely for a brief time yes okay what did that look like <laughs> I don't know I just I just started to allow myself to have fun I think that's the word fun okay one of the the things that um I don't know it I I don't know how you could even say that whenever you were losing your hair and your sons were plucking out your hair and your right. husband, it was really kind of an enjoyable experience you all were having. You were actually, I don't know, it was just we were connected. not traumatic. Right, no. And, and, and what, what do we all like strive for in our lives? I mean, we were made on purpose for a purpose, and yes. we were made to connect with others. And so what was happening with the cancer is it was allowing us to connect on a much deeper level. Okay. I know in your book you said that your work took a lot of your time, mm -hmm. and then just the fact that you had your eyes on the goal and yep. your to-do list yep. then 
perhaps maybe you were missing the connection in relationships. And I can identify with that. So please help me. So how do I get out of that? And how do our listeners get out of that? <laughs> oh, gosh, that took a long time. Oh. It's still a work in progress. Give me one, two, three. And I will <laughs> no, say, teasing. I will say, like when you were reading that back cover, you said, I had written that I was a former people pleaser. And if I could write that piece over again, it would be a recovering people pleaser because mm-hmm. I will never be over that um, until I'm in heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a struggle every day. And so wow. I've learned to um, change my focus. You know, I do believe it is important um, always to have a goal and always to be working towards something. But um, I think it's also you know, where you're, who you're focusing on. And so I tend to focus on God. What does God want me to do? What does he want me to be doing? I mean, if this, this is his goal, like we'll do it together, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just, we break it down a little bit more okay. <laughs> instead of full speed ahead, which is what I've done my whole life. It's like, okay, let's do this and let's do it today. We don't, I don't have to have that goal happen today. It's just, let's just take one step towards it today. I like that. Mm -hmm. And I find that when God is in my focus, somehow I'm not that driven person. I even, I think it was even yesterday. You know what? It was because I was looking at your book again. It came to me, something you said made me realize I am still such a driven person. I know when I'm feeling like I'm being pushed or I'm having to get to that thing instead of just living life and Whenever I can take time to give God my morning, um, set my mind on him. Um, Oh, gratitude. I've just started to really even write out what I'm thankful for and even say it out loud. I've not been that kind of person. But just even starting that practice is really helping me not to be driven and not to be so like having the blinders on, you know, the two sides, yeah. like they put on horses. Sure. And so I'm not, not as um, focused on what I have to get done. Right. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I started that about five years ago is just writing in my calendar every day, things okay. that I was grateful for. And I started with just three and it became very repetitive for a while, you know, mm. <laughs> and now Five years later, I have to say that I don't have enough space in the square. And what I do is every morning I write what I was grateful for that happened the day before. Oh, that's good. So what that does for me is Mm -hmm. during the day, it allows me to have my eyes open and look to like, what am I going to record tomorrow Ah. that I was grateful for? So it's a really, I don't know. I don't know if that's you know, what they would recommend doing, but that's how I do it. I first thing in the morning, write What I was grateful for and what had happened the prior day. That mm-hmm. was, you know, yeah, a gift. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I bought a new journal for the new year and I have partial ones and sometimes I get frustrated. The organizer in me <laughs> that wants to be so organized and I struggle, I think, Oh, you wrote that in this notebook. It should have been over in the prayer notebook. It shouldn't <laughs> yes. be in, in, in that in your Bible study notebook. <laughs> but now I, I decided, you know, I'm kind of going to keep it in this one notebook. But this morning it was such a delight to be able to write on yesterday's page. And I thought, is this cheating? Nope. But I so wanted to record the wonderful things yes. that the time with my family celebrating my grandson's 16th birthday at my house I was just writing and I just thought this this just really feels good it feels like I was living life and I just loved it it does yeah no I highly recommend that do you (laughs) I do yeah okay yes yes absolutely Uh, 
again, so um, we we had a motivational speaker come into the bank once, mm-hmm. and he was the drummer for Pink Floyd. Oh. And his message was that it's impossible to focus on a positive thing and a negative thing oh. at the same time. And that is so true. When you are looking for the good, you mm. don't notice the bad. Uh, well, when you said that, that makes me think that I see all the big things wrong in my husband. Yep. Help. Yep. <laughs> we all do that. <laughs> Again, and so that's a simple practice. So, you know, a wise friend told me once that, you know, God put you with your husband for a reason. Um, He knew that you were the perfect person to pick out all of his faults and see them, but you were also that person that could pray for for Uh, all of those things mm -hmm. that are sticking wide out for you. And I thought that was really wise advice. Mm -hmm. And so when now if something is is bugging me or bothering me, I just talk to God about that, say, okay, thank you for bringing this to my attention. How can I pray for him? Oh, I like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. It's, again, a muscle. (laughs) You've got to form. And and how do you form a muscle is just by repetition. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like that because if somebody were to focus on my faults, I would not want them to miss the, the good parts in me too. Right. And it's just judgmental is what I'm seeing in my own heart whenever I'm focusing on something. Yeah, well, yeah, he has this habit that's not good for him and he shouldn't be doing that. So I've started to say, God, he's yours and that's between you and him. And so that's been helping me a lot. Yep, yep. Boy, being um, someone who is uh, still, I want to use the recovering also, but thinking differently than codependent thinking, we want to fix. And so it's it's not to, you know, have perfection just for the sake of perfection, but we try to help the person, but the person doesn't want help. And it's okay. I understand that too, because I've been on the side where somebody's not, I don't know, they want to fix me, and I don't like to be fixed yeah, no, either. None of us do, right? No, <laughs> no. So recovering perfectionist, I guess yes, here too. That's right. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's one thing I love about God is that um, he he sees those things, but he sees us complete in Jesus, loves us, accepts us, and he's he points out things gently. Yeah, I would he's agree. Kind. Um, I just, this just came to mind is um, Jan Woodard was a good friend of mine. And um, one of the things she always would say is, you know, and there's scripture this and don't, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but um, there's nothing you can do that makes me love you anymore. Oh. And there's nothing you can do that's going to make me love you any less. Yeah. And so that's a real good reminder of, you know, God loves you right exactly where mm-hmm. you are today. Yeah. Yeah, he does talk about us being complete in Christ, meaning fully matured, nothing, nothing missing. Right. And it's in Christ. That's the key right, right there, isn't right, it? Right. Not in your own strength. No, which no. We tend to think. We tend to think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's healthy, too, because if I see that I'm messing up in an area or I'm still stuck in that that uh, shortfall or that, that uh, character defect that, say, like judgment, for example, like you said, how you take your things of your husband to mm-hmm. the Lord, right. that should be a trigger right there. Oh, God, my heart was being judgmental again. Yep. Oh, Father, I just thank you that I don't have to live this life alone. Yes. And yeah. Father, would you would you help me today? And Holy Spirit, I so appreciate that you pointed that out. And thank you that, um, that we're going to work on that together. Yep. Because as Christians, we can really beat ourselves up. And I know 
there have been times earlier on in my Christian walk, I would really point the finger at myself and say, and you're a Christian, look at how, you, <laughs> look at how you're behaving. Yep. I can't believe you did that. Yep. You know, I would be so critical of myself. Did you have an inner critic? Oh, did, yeah, I still do. Yeah. <laughs> I have to work. I don't have to work at that. I have to give that to God. Yeah. I try to work at it, but I can't do it in my own strength. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that perfectionist. That's right. In us, and um, I don't know. We're, we're not going to be perfect aside from the Lord. But you know what? Whenever we are ourselves in our frailty and we're okay with that, doesn't that give the next person permission to be I think so. less than perfect? I, I would hope so. I have a friend that I just met and I actually came here today in this little thermal that I wear every yeah. day. I was like, Val, I didn't know we were going to be recorded. <laughs> but um, I've got to the point where I like, I like to be comfortable with yeah. who I am and I'm comfortable in this shirt and I do wear it all the time and it's okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's, it's a beautiful pink and it looks great on you. <laughs> but my friend said to me, it's a compliment to me when you come that way, oh, because I know you're not oh, trying yeah. to be someone different. Oh, that's true. That's true. And you know what? When I'm around somebody who can be like me, the me that I'm describing, the one you're describing too, doesn't that make that person feel like they have to perform? And and the most honest conversations are with people where you know you can be completely yourself and it's going to be okay. And then they share their hearts and we're interacting at a whole other level. It's not at this superficial level, no, but that person trusts me with their heart. Yep. What a gift that is. It is a gift. Yeah. So, you know what? We can't just go out there throwing ourselves out to just anybody. But um, like you keep saying about practicing, like developing a muscle, right. that would be helpful, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a new podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> chat with Nat. Tell me about that. Oh my gosh, I just I I don't even know how I'm like and how and why, but you know, God just kept saying, "Do this, do this, do this," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do what you're telling me to do next." And and I don't know what He's doing with it, but I just knew that He wanted me to share me, mm-hmm. that my the real me, and not who I thought everybody needed me to be. And so it's just, I think, an exercise in me developing a muscle, um, getting the courage to to be me and knowing other people are going to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, um, the subtitle of it is Stories of Faith, Hope, and Love. And so that's what, you know, I believe that God has called me to do my whole life. And he has always had surrounded me with storytellers. And so Mm. I just believe that he wants me to tell stories and help other people tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I'm doing, I guess. Yeah, I, I have really enjoyed it. I, I think I might be caught up on all of your episodes, and I've enjoyed them. First of all, it, um, it lets me see through your eyes. It lets me see your heart. But I have so enjoyed you talking about the people, too. You mentioned Jan Woodard. Right. I was um, I was just motivated to get her book, Jan Has Passed Away. Yes, right. But her book, Texting Through Cancer, it actually is something that I want to have as a like a rhythm until I'm done with the book. I just thought I just want to I just want to see through the eyes of somebody who didn't know if she was going to make it. Right. And I thought, you know what, there's there's some nuggets. There's a mindset Mm -hmm. that I need to have. 
And, and, and it is on my mind, you know, I'm 65 years old now, right. and I know my, my clock is running out, and I have an hourglass right here in the studio, and uh, every now and then it, it crosses my mind to flip it over, and at the beginning of the year, I definitely flipped it over. I thought, we only have so much time. Right. But you talking about Jan and how she influenced your life, uh, I just enjoyed the, the sweetness there. Yeah, and, and so Jan is, was really, she was special to everyone she came in contact with, but um, she came to me, into my life at a time where her life was ending. Mm. And so that was a really precious time to get to spend with somebody um, that knew that they didn't have a lot left. So talk about the muscle she developed um, over the years that she was really leaning on at that time. So her book does go through all of those things that she did to develop those muscles. But one of the things she said to me is Nat, did you don't like, don't put off the good things. Oh, and that was huge because one of the, the deepest desires in her heart was to do this book. And she didn't start it until way later on in life. Mm. And she wasn't even alive to see it, Mm. to hold it when it was published. But, um, but she did it. I mean, it's yes. done. And, and what a good feeling to know that she did what God was asking her to do. And so I guess I'm challenging all of you listeners today. If God has something to put that he's put on your heart to, to not put it off mm. and to work with him to do what he's asking you to do. I just feel that that's really wise advice mm-hmm. um, from Jan, from Jan Woodard. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it really is. Because we can have those self-doubts mm-hmm. or the, the what if this happens and that stops us. Right. And I, and I do believe that God will guide you. Like we have the Holy Spirit that will guide us whether we're in the right direction or the wrong. And if we take a wrong step, he'll guide us back. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, there is that fear of making the wrong choices, but, but he usually, I would say, always guides you back mm-hmm. to the path that, that you should be on. I agree. I agree. One of the, the things that... I, that has become precious to me is that I'm beginning to realize, and I can't believe it's this late in life (laughs) that, that I need to always be making forward motion and and not be stuck in my circumstance because I can feel like I can't because this or not until then. So (laughs) I'm not, not moving forward, but there always is a way to move forward is what I'm discovering. Yes. even in stuckness. There is definitely. And how so, do you how do you do that? So I have a big picture of a car in my studio. Mm. Um, and it's just a reminder of where are you going? <laughs> where are oh, you headed? And, and the end destination is heaven, I hope. Yeah. Um, so that's just a reminder of the where are we headed right now? And so I always like to think of just next step. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? And so on my to-do list, like, it's pretty important to break your to-do list down because you could put 100 things on it yeah. and get so frustrated. And I just like three. I like the three. Like, pick three things today you're going to do, but break mm-hmm. it down even more. Like, if you're going to start a podcast, you're not going to start the podcast today. Right. So I have next to it the next step. So you write beside it, what's the very next step that I can do? And maybe it's just as simple as pray about it. But mm. always on your goals, just put your next step. And that's how you move forward. Well, that's valuable advice, too, because sometimes 
for those of us that see the big picture and we think it, it is so huge, I don't even know where to start. Right. I can't tell you how many years of my life I was stuck because this looks too big. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Right, right. Yeah, and you really just need to break it down. I think it's important to have the end goal and also the next step. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where your life coaching comes it in, does, isn't yeah. it? Right. And it's just been, honestly, you know, I was in banking for 20 some years and I, after my cancer, I just didn't want to be there anymore. I knew yeah. I wanted to do something different, but I was, I was stuck there, um, for benefit reasons. And for, you know, I think it was just a safety net for mm-hmm. me. It was comfortable and I knew it and I just didn't want to be there. And I, for so many years just was so miserable about being there, but looking back, God was just training me, you know, mm-hmm. Um, he, I was doing projects, big projects that I had to break down into steps and, and working with people on, you know, struggles they were having in their lives. Like it was just a training ground. I didn't realize it at the time. And if I could give anybody that advice, like wherever you are right now, how about instead of, and I'm I'm only calling the kettle black and pointing out the plank in your eye. When I was there, I couldn't see it. But if I could give you any hope today, the hope would be that God is using what you are struggling so Mm. hard with for what you're going to be doing with it later. Mm. And so he just taught me so much in that job that I'm able to help other people with who like Val, I can help people get unstuck because I can, I can break it down. Mm -hmm. Not in my own strength. It was something (laughs) that was a gift given to me by God, by where he placed me at that time. I have to tell the audience that this podcast would not even be here except for oh, for that's Matt. Not true. No, not no, true. it's one hundred percent true because <laughs> whenever I was struggling for what ten months or so, I didn't have any courage to put the mic in front of my mouth because I didn't know what I was going to say. I still had that that gallery of critics in my head that was saying, "Who does she think she is?" and and what look did you hear what she said you know those kinds yeah. of things oh, yeah i know yeah that was horrible and so i had to to work through that but i don't know how it is that i ended up at your studio but you invited me to your studio you were so gracious and kind you didn't even know me <laughs> and i was so honored by that by the way oh. but you held me to a date you said okay when do you want your your uh, first podcast episode to publish and i said well i'd like to have it by november and then you said, yeah, with pen in hand, <laughs> okay, give me a date. I said, oh, uh, oh. I forgot about that, Val. Yeah, you, know, you said <laughs> you said that. And then I said, well, the 15th, okay, all right. I want you to let me know when you have it published. Oh. It got to be November 15th, and I still had not had an episode. And I thought, am I going to have to tell Natalie I couldn't mm. do it? And then I told my podcast coach uh-huh. that someone had held me to a date. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to tell two people <laughs> that I couldn't do it. So I said, okay, all right. I am just going to write it just a, a couple notes. I think I might have one psalm that came to me. I said, well, I can, I can talk from this and, and then just kind of fill in. So I started off I just said, I'm going to stick the mic there, as I did, put the earphones on, and I started 
just a little bit from the first verses. And I thought, I can't handle this with my eyes open because it was too real that I was doing a podcast. So I just closed my eyes and then I just allowed my heart to speak. And then when I knew I wanted to go on to the next thing, then Mm -hmm. I opened my eyes and I closed them again. And and then when I was done, it was like, I did it. I did it. I did it. I get to tell them I did it. And I texted you and I told you I did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. I forgot all about that. That's really, thanks for reminding me of that. Oh my gosh. And, and so I do believe that the people that come in your life, there's no accident. So mm-hmm. whoever you're in front of today, just realize that God has them there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's to move you one step closer to what he wants you to be doing. I have no doubt about that. Wow. I love that. Even the one that might be the, the irritant. Actually, those are the ones that will teach you the most. Yeah, <laughs> those I think are the you're ones right. that will be most helpful in getting you to where God wants you to be. You're right. It, it really does help to get the imperfections out of us, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if and, we're yielded. And I was thinking this morning about, you know, when I was cleaning up my dog's yeah, accident, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, all right, God, I'm going to work with you on these challenges because we are promised, mm. you know, we are promised in the scripture that we will have trouble. Yes. And so we're we're learning from them. So, God, I'm working with you on this. So you teach me what I need. I'm, I'm yeah. willing to learn as quick as possible to get through this struggle. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not going to sit in this. I mean, just oh. t- teach me. Teach me what you need me to know as quickly as possible painlessly as possible but yeah Yeah. I love that because for me I already mentioned that whenever something is big that I don't like in my life I tend to I hate this I hate this I hate this and then it makes me stay in it longer instead of okay God here we are and then somehow if I can get my attention to shift particularly on him like okay we're going through this right it is helpful it's much helpful Uh, my my younger Mm -hmm. son when he was I don't know want to say 10 maybe not even he's like you know what i think heaven is like i think god's up there like a video game and he's like saying guys what are you doing i'm trying i'm trying to show you what to do and you're not listening and so but i like that visualization like okay i'm gonna work with god on this he has something to show me and in the end result is not to benefit myself it's usually to you know Mm -hmm. how can i further his kingdom right yeah 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 and and your question, what do you want to show me in this? That's that's such a nice thing to fall into, that we can say that. And that does open us up to a learning. And when you're learning, you're growing. Right. So that in, you're inviting growth at that point. Yeah, I listen to this guy, Benjamin Hardy. He, you know, he talks about your future self. Who do you want to be in Ooh. 10 years? And he's always like, you've got to be like you got to be better than you are today, right? Mm. And I and I do that. I believe through going to scripture and and asking God how I can be better. But he also says there's a touch point of look back 10 years and look mm. at where you were. Like oh. if I look back 10 years and in the things that I'm scared of doing today, I was praying for that stuff 10 years ago and it's so wow. it's like I, that's it's good to look back quickly, but then just keep your focus on where you're headed. Yeah. That, it, that's such an encouragement that yeah. we we are have grown right and we can continue to grow so um life is as a journey so how do you find balance between being a goal setter and knowing where you want to go but yet um enjoying the steps there or not being so uptight about it what are you learning i know you your your website uh, natalie's inviting balance can you talk to us about balance 
Yeah, so that has been, you know, that's a that's a challenge for everyone, I believe. And so um, I have spent the last five years, ever since I took those life coaching classes, of kind of stripping my life of unnecessary things. And, and how you do that is you start with saying, what are your values, right? you got to look mm-hmm. at your values and start making decisions based on those, right? And so instead of what does everybody else think, and oh. I think that's what I've met made a lot of my goals about over the years and that's where you get into trouble Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you start breaking things down and saying what 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 are my values and am am i making this decision do they violate any of my values okay and so what i've done over the years is just started stripping things out that you know i i just was doing because i felt like i had to give me an example um i'll give you example soccer boosters right i thought you know, I was an accountant for so many years. I should be helpful. I should be volunteering. I'll mm. be the treasurer. That'll okay. be easy for me. Well, and then you go to all of these meetings. You're collecting checks. like, And then you're not even enjoying the game because people are talking to you. Uh. Now, I think there is a place and time for all of those people, and they're all so important. But I felt like I had to, even though I had all these other things on my plate. Okay. I didn't have to be that person for every single uh. thing in my life. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. And so once I realized that I don't have to be, I don't have to be the savior for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could let that go. And it gave somebody else the opportunity to serve. True. And so sometimes when we serve in things that we shouldn't be, we're selfishly taking it away from somebody else hmm. who it could be fulfilling for them. And good point. And, and that's hard to, to know that like, oh, and that goes back to that. I'm good enough. And you are too. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do something. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Whenever you were talking about values, somehow purpose, how God has a purpose for each one of us, how is that associated with what do I value? Do you see a connection there? Um, well, I'm going to read this because I just wrote the scripture oh, this morning. For know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. There's an activity that I do usually when I meet with someone for the first time, and it's all of these values. I think there's a hundred of them. Mm. And so I have them sort through them quickly within five minutes and say, mm. sort them into what's important to you, what's not important. And don't be like, because I'm going to see it. Don't uh-huh. answer it that way. Like, be true to yourself. Like, what do you really value? Mm. And and I believe that when we were born, God knew exactly what we were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so there's these things that really speak to you. Like one of mine is faith. Faith is very important to me. And so when I think of what I'm doing, if if it's compromising my faith, then that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we break it down into five things. And I had my son do it. Okay. <laughs> I had my son do it when oh. he was like 15. And he was like, Mom, how many of these are there? Oh. Like, how long is this going to take? But when he did it, he was like, oh, my gosh, can I take a picture of that? Oh. Because it was what was inside of him. It's who God made him to mm. be. And so once you know, like once you start to realize that, you know, God made you and you're pretty special. Mm. And he made you for a certain reason. And you start focusing on that stuff instead of the stuff that's, you know, lies. Mm. When you start focusing on that, that's when you can really do things that can be beneficial to people. Wow, I love that because that that so amplifies the statement. 
uh, how did you say it? I'm okay and you're okay too? I'm, I'm good enough. And you there are it too. is. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think you could take it the other way where I'm good enough and I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. So we're all equally important and all equally needed to do mm-hmm. what God needs us to do. And so we just have to be careful. We're not trying to do what God had somebody else do. Right, right. Because we can be judgmental, like I spoke yes. about how I can get yeah. into that, or impatient. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I get so impatient when I'm behind a slow driver. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I should say, well, that person wants to drive slow. They have a right to drive slow. You are you are um, being too pushy. You are being arrogant, thinking that you should impose no, no, your that, driving no techniques negative. on them. Just turn those into positives. Say, thank Help me. you. Thank you, God, for letting <laughs> me enjoy the scenery oh there you go thank you for maybe getting me out of an accident that oh, i would have been yeah. like just yeah, yeah. just turn start turning those statements around yeah wow i needed to hear the enjoy the scenery part because as a <laughs> driver like i am in life i can be so focused that i i miss like we said the sunset like my husband's a gawker like whenever he he doesn't drive now but whenever he was driving oh look at that that tree down there oh look they 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 cut logs well i don't care if they cut logs or 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 um oh they got a new car you know (laughs) yeah my dad did that same thing as well (laughs) but i do want to be more observant because i'm going to get to the end of my life and i and i want to have precious memories the best storytellers I bet you that they're the ones who really notice life. Oh, absolutely. I think Jan Woodard again, one of the things she'd always say to us when we'd say something silly like this piece of paper, she'd be like, there's a story there. And we'd be uh, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but but she was right when you would take a look at it and say, okay, what is this? What really is this? There is a story with every single uh, person you meet, every single thing that happens to you. And so when you start thinking, how is God using hmm. me and his story that's when things start to change. Wow. Oh, that's so powerful. I hope our listeners will back that up. And I want to, could you say that again? In fact, <laughs> if you can, <laughs> there's a story there. Yeah, there's a story there. And so just realize that every person that you come in contact with and everything that is happening to you is part of God's story. And it's part of his bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, wouldn't that be helpful if we call it journaling, but if somebody would just even grab a notebook and, yep. and just write how that made them feel, um, what that made them do or not do, yep. would that be helpful? It's definitely helpful. I also use the notes tab in my phone a lot. Oh, okay. If I don't have a paper. How do you do it? What do you, how do you utilize it? Oh, so I just, if there's something that I'm struggling with or that I'm thankful for, I just open it up and just put a note down. Mm-hmm. Um, the act of getting it out of your head is huge. <gasps> it is. And so whether you say it out loud to God through prayer or out loud to somebody else or write it down, don't keep it in your head to yourself. That is the worst thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> the worst thing you can do. Because typically you're telling yourself a lie. It just goes back to my homecoming thing. That is not what was happening. Mm-hmm. Those were lies that I kept to myself and I kept them all of those years. And if I would have just shared that with somebody, mm. Um, I just believe that it releases the hold that it has. Oh, on it does. Mm-hmm. It does. I like that. Mm-hmm. Huh. So that's um, being more observant of our own life, how we're thinking, how we're feeling. Right. And I guess being honest. Yeah, being honest. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. is hard. Yeah. 
Do you have anything else that you want to encourage us with? I just feel like I'm mining the depth of your knowledge and everything. No, I love it. I love, I talk about this stuff all day oh, long. Oh, please do. <laughs> no, they're probably like, no, are you no. done yet? No. no. Um, one of the other things, um, one of the scriptures is um, when I was trying to process, what should God, what do you want me to do? And it is, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And then I said, here I am, mm. send me. Mm. And I think that's, I think we need to be available for what God has for us. I think that's a challenge for all of us. We think we know what we're supposed to do, but I think if we spend some quiet time in the scripture, just asking God what it is that he wants us to do. And it could be as simple as helping someone at your own home, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be this big, big production. Sometimes it's very simple as taking somebody dinner or, you know, just sending a text to someone asking how they're, they're feeling. I mean, it's very, you know, different and specific for each person. So, yeah. So if it, it comes to mind yes. and it was spontaneous, then that's a good thing to act on, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever read Mark Batterson book, uh-uh. um, The Whisper. I mean, it's a great uh-uh. book, okay. um, but it talks about, you know, God, God will speak to you sometimes, but like, how do you know it's from him? Right. Mm-hmm. And so like he has some tests in there. Number one, it's, is it a crazy test? Cause typically if it's something oh. crazy, it's from God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you need to back that up with scripture. Is this something yeah. that scripture would agree with? Right. Mm. Um, you need to back it up with wise counsel. So mm-hmm. the people that are, that are close to God, talk to them and mm. see, you know, again, speaking it and not keeping it to yourself. Yeah. Um, goosebumps yeah. is another one. Oh, no. Simple goosebumps. <laughs> but yeah, just those wow. simple, like, you know, we're not meant to do life by ourselves. No. We're meant to do it with other people. And so just to be sharing. Um, and also, like, just spending time with God in prayer and, and in the scripture, just asking for guidance. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the answers are always there. <laughs> they are. We're just so, and I'm just saying, I do the same thing. We're just so stubborn sometimes. Well, either that or the self-doubt. I don't know. Yeah. That that stops a lot of us right it there. It does. And so, yeah, if you could just put some scripture around mm-hmm. where you're you're at. Like, I have one in my drawer when I open up to get dressed in the morning. Just, you know, just a reminder. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and I like your advice about the, the next step mm-hmm. also. So if somebody does feel like there's a little dream rolling around inside of them, yep. What would you say to that person? Well, I'd say write down what it is that you believe that God's asking you to do. And, and when you write it down, again, it's getting it out. And, and typically when you tell someone about it, it's more likely to happen, right? Because mm, accountability, Val, you remember yeah. when you said, I said, are you going to have this done? Yes. If you have somebody to hold you accountable, you're more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you just break it down and say, okay, what is one little thing? And I like the two-minute rule. Mm, tell me if I can do it in two minutes or less, I should just do it. <laughs> oh. So if my next step is to put a stamp on something okay. to send a letter, then yeah. just get up and do it. <laughs> Don't oh. break that step down. Oh, <laughs> I like that. So the two minute rule is very easy to do. You go look at your list in the morning. Is there anything I can do in under two minutes? And if wow. so, just do it. <laughs> I love that. That's so simple, but so that simple. can be life changing. It is life changing. It's one thing that doesn't weigh us down. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing that they talked about in our life coaching classes. Mm. You know, you have things around your house that you know that need done. Mm-hmm. And so every time you walk by them, it becomes heavy to you. Yes. And so I had this little black dress that I kept on the back of my chair. 
And every time I looked, I was like, I need to either wash it hand by hand mm-hmm. or take it to the dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. And I did nothing for like eight months. Mm-hmm. So every time I was walking by, I was carrying that to-do yeah. list. And so after that class, I went home and I was like, okay, it's going to take me two minutes to go put that in the <laughs> sink. And I did it. And it's yeah. so it was so freeing to walk by that chair every day uh. then to not see that there. Yeah. And so if it takes two minutes or less, just do it. That's good. <laughs> you know, when you said that, that made me think of my closet full of office attire, the business suits, the pants suits, yes. those things that I don't wear. And I know there's things that I um, have grown out of too, but that closet weighs me down, even though it's in another room. I know that closet's there. I know. I get, I, we do that often at my house as we go through and say, okay, well, I haven't used it. It's going. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. That's what I need to do as well. But don't put them on yourself as burdens again. Mm. Um, Ooh, because like we that. can, we can tend to do that too. I right? do. We look at everything and be like, I should, I should, yeah, I should. Right. Again, break it down to three things a day. That's plenty. Oh, so, oh, I love that. So then what I could do practically is just go pick three things out yes. of there and decide what to do with them. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> just, yeah, don't put that much pressure on yourself. It's taken me five years to wow. get there, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It just is a muscle that you, that you yeah. create. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and as a muscle, you're not going to look like a bodybuilder the first time no. you exercise that muscle. No. And yeah. believe me, I messed up and let things lay around, and I still do today. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the goal is to just be better than I was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I do. I love that. I love that. And then self-care, you know, and looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, you look beautiful. Again, looking at your schedule and saying what is necessary and what is not. That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think we need to to brush off a lot that's on ourselves. Yeah, I do. Yeah, even mentally, emotionally, and even even in our, our environment. So you talked about all of those things today. You gave us so many gold nuggets they really are gold nuggets. Yeah, but the, but honestly, the only nugget I can really share is just, just to be in a relationship with God, and He will mm-hmm. He'll guide you on all of Love all of it. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, one practice that I have when I have a guest is that I like them to close us out in prayer. Okay. Would you pray whatever is on your heart for our listeners or with sure. our listeners? Sure. Thank you. All right. Oh, Father God, we just. We just thank you for um, making us exactly who we are and making us all so different and yet so special. And we know that you need each one of us for your purpose. And so I just pray that anyone listening today just knows that that you love them exactly how they are today. And there's nothing they can do more that is going to make you love them more or nothing they can do that's going to make you love them any less. And just guide them in what it is that you need them to do. And we just pray that you show them the next step to that. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, amen. Oh, my gosh. I just love this conversation. It's been so terrific. I want to thank you for being my special guest today. And oh, well, thanks for having me, Val. I appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome. How can people find you? Um, my website is nataliesinvitingbalance.com. Okay. Um, also, okay. I have a Facebook that's the same, Natalie's Inviting Balance. But Is that also on your webpage? It is, yeah. So you can get to my podcast, the books, okay. anything, the blog. And the life coaching. Yes, right. Okay. All right. Well, I have to say you're an inspiration, so keep putting the good word out there. I can't wait to listen to your next uh, chat with Nat. 
And uh, they can find that on, on all the podcast platforms, Correct. I imagine. Correct. Wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you for being beautiful, you. Oh, thank you, I appreciate you <laughs> so much. All right. Well, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. I know that you have been so encouraged, and I know that you do have a next step in mind. And like Nat said, just act on that next step. Don't be hard on yourself, and remember what she said about being good enough. And do, do go to God with whatever it is on your heart. Whatever you heard today, definitely involve God because He's the one who knew you from the beginning. He knew every little thing about you, and He has His eye upon you every single day. His ear is open to you, so just know that He wants to wants to spend time with you, and He wants to live every day of life with you. So I again encourage you to bring your heart to God, and you will find surely that He has drawn His heart near to you. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for joining me. Please share the episode if you found found value. And I would appreciate it if you would follow the show as well. That's so very encouraging because it tells me that people are listening. My website is moveyourheartministries.com. So you can check me out there. Thank you so much. <music>